Okay, announcements time. So I have two shows coming up that I will be taking a part of. The first one being Saturday, May 18th. Saturday, May 18th. Boom, 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 boom. Saturday, May 18th at 8 p.m. Mike Check presents Prolific Poetry Showcase. Tickets are $20 general seating, $30 VIP. I am excited about this show. It will be at Match Theater. Um, I'm excited because it's a different venue. I've been performing at the Improv. And so just stepping into something new and ready for the experience. Also, the next Improv show, Soul Poetry Presents Fire and Desire, June 5th. That's Wednesday, June 5th. Doors open at 7 p.m. Show begins at 8 p.m. promptly. Again, those tickets are $20 general seating, $30 VIP. You can get tickets from me via email, btapspeaks at gmail.com, B-E-E-T-A-P-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Facebook, btapspeaks, or Instagram, btapspeaks. You have your options, okay? Options to contact me and options as far as what day will work for you, May 18th, a Saturday, or June 5th, a Wednesday. Y'all got time, but not that much. Get at me for these tickets. Also, shows that are coming up that I'm not a part of, but want to uh, put out there. Zen Ashe Poetry, Laughs and Lyrics, May 5th, Poetic Justice Spit Truth. Okay, and so it's a album release party. General tickets are $12. It's, it will be held at Showtime Bar and Lounge. So that's Zen Ashe. You can hit her up on Facebook, Z-E-N-A-S-E. Also, another show with Zen Ashe Poetry. Laughs and Lyrics Awards, tribute to black male excellence. She wants to shed light and uplift black men, tell them we love them, we need them, we appreciate them. And so y'all be looking forward to that. That is going to be May 19th at Showtime Bar and Lounge, 8 p.m. The doors open at 7.30, show begins at 8 p.m. So again, y'all can contact her on Facebook, Z-E-N space, A-S-E and get at her for these dope events and tickets. And lastly, Houston Improv We Go Live and Soul Poetry presents We Go Live Mayhem. May 22nd at the Improv. Doors open at 7. Show begins at 8 p.m. Scott Free and Courtney Lynn will be your hosts. You can get at them on Facebook Robert Bob for tickets or Courtney Lynn for tickets. Um, the lineup that I've seen just from them posting pictures. Oh my gosh, I'm ready for this show to be in the audience and just absolutely enjoy the production that will be put on. I know it's going to be live. So all of these shows, hey, y'all have options. Get out there, support art, support your local poets, um, just support you will definitely hear something that you will enjoy at one of these shows all of these shows again get at me to purchase tickets or you can just reach out to me um if you're looking forward to some of these other shows 
Um, so yeah, do that. That was announcements. Now let's get into some important stuff. Hey, 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 it's your girl B-Tap and you are listening to Consciously Tapped In. So today I am interviewing a very special guest. Um, you guys actually heard her on the first episode, which was Individuality. One of my closest, dearest friends, Jasmine Anderson. Hello, hello. And to tag along because she's so dope and awesome, Amber is going to be on here as well because I feel like you guys um, that I know, like the intellect that you have and just knowledge about a lot of things, um, I thought this would be like a a dope uh, connection, I guess we could say. And so financial literacy. Let me just say, since I've been knowing you since sixth grade, <laughs> since sixth grade she said that i was mean to her oh lord i don't remember that but we're not gonna get into all that you was a little bully i was not oh, no bully the truth coming out toxicity <laughs> she said toxicity go listen to that episode yeah Brittany, do i need to get this toxic person out of my life <laughs> no no i am good to you we you are, are good to, to me other. i love you no, but um, since I've been knowing you, you have always been a headstrong person. Um, you have always been extremely smart. I remember when we uh was going to the Beyonce concert at the rodeo, and we took the parking ride, and you were like on the bus, like in, in the dictionary, like writing down dictionary words. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed oh, to say dang. that. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. That is not a Look, bad thing. Like what? So. I'm a nerd. It's okay. <laughs> it absolutely is. <laughs> I like is. learning. <laughs> it, no, it I don't remember is. that, but I, I can see that being the case. I, I used to, I did used to, oh, God. <laughs> Come on, tell the people. <laughs> I did used to read the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not bad, just for the simple fact of everything that we're about to, I guess, um, talk about. So, specifically, financial literacy what was it for you and at what age did you i guess start thinking about money management and just any like things related or regarding to money since i can remember so i don't know why i've always been um i don't know if i've been i i guess into money i don't really know the the word to describe what my relationship uh with money was like as a young child, because when you're young, you really don't understand what money is, what money does. I just knew that I always like to have some. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> whenever I would get money, first of all, I would iron it, which is really weird. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what kind of hood video? <laughs> I swear. What movie was that on? <laughs> what, what that was on a movie. That was on, I don't, I'm just one movie I know for sure. Like, uh, I got the hookup. I didn't want to say though. that movie because I shouldn't have been watching it. <laughs> but yeah, funny. that movie for sure. Yeah, so I used to iron it. I used to have like a little bank. I used to have like a log book where I used to balance my checkbook before I even knew what a checkbook was. <laughs> wow. So I would have a log book. I got this much money. Um, I added it. This is how much I have in total. If I ever spent some, I would be like, okay, I took away this much. This, I had like a little book of all my like transactions. So at the age, was it like <clears throat> what? Like, okay, I got a hot wing basket on Monday. So let me, <laughs> let me subtract that. Honestly, I, this was before okay. hot wing baskets. This was like in elementary school. Oh my god! Like I was young, young. Um, mm. And 
my parents for one Christmas bought me like a little bank. So it was a little machine where you can like deposit your dollars. So it did it for me. Like mm-hmm. it would count my money for me. And so they, they kind of knew I was into that too. Um, so I don't, I, I honestly have no idea where it came from. My dad's really uh, good with money and he would always, my dad is the kind of dad that's like the cliche type of dude. He always tell you cliche, which I appreciate that because um, when he taught us how to drive, he had like a, he has a catchphrase for everything. He was like, when in doubt, put your foot on a brake. <laughs> <laughs> like, so my, with money is, is money is a tool. That's what he always say. Money is a tool. And, um, he always talks about, um, living below your means. And so that was instilled in me like way early, but I wouldn't necessarily say, that's the thing that kind of got me into it because he really didn't talk about money that much. Nobody told me to keep track of how much money I had, or so I just honestly just it was just natural. Yes, yeah, natural. So. Oh gosh, I wish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to spend everything uh, <laughs> on food, like literally oh on food. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> so my bank account, like. I look at my transactions and it's horrible. Um, I really don't like grocery shop mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I constantly find myself um, just going anywhere and getting some like, I'm a get up, go person. And then I get out and realize I haven't eaten anything. So here I am, you know, charging my card, charging my card. Um, and that's really horrible. Yeah. I just track your income and your expenses. Do what? You should track your income and your expenses. So pay attention. Have you ever made a budget? No. See, and that who you like? What? No, I feel like maybe I did at one point, but I didn't stick it out. You know, like you always try to be like, okay, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna be good about this, and um, I just. Don't follow through. Don't follow through. A lot of the time, people don't like budgets because they make it hard to follow through with. Mm. So I don't feel like a budget has to be something that makes you feel like you're constrained or something that you can't do what you want to do. I feel like everybody should do what they want to do. There's this um, one financial education personality or whatever, um, and she says that what her mission is to let people know that you can afford anything just not everything Mm. so you have to um kind of balance so if you like to get your nails done and spend that money on getting your nails done do it just Mm -hmm. um take it out of something else so just balance what you want to do there's um certain financial literacy experts that say um stop buying coffee every morning well some people might like starbucks so don't i don't think you should tell people what they can and cannot buy if they enjoy it i think Mm. um financial literacy isn't about depriving yourself of the things that matter to you i think it's about just balancing understanding and finding out what is important to you and shifting toward those things so Mm. but not like spending everything in the i mean you should always pay yourself first but after that take care of the things that that make you enjoy life Okay, so do you do that, Amber? No. Do you pay? <laughs> well, no, I pay myself first. A, any type so of system. I have my thing is like I grew up in family of entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. so we're like, I'll make my means type of thing. Yeah, like I want yeah. this biz. I want to figure out how to get. It. And my thing was like, I want like nice things and stuff like that. I want to have a nice life, but I don't want to sacrifice my happiness and my, you know, peace. For things Mm. like I want to have a good amount of money I want to make money in a way that I enjoy that's like the first thing as far as uh financial literacy is like 
where are you working how does it make you feel because whatever that is that determines the quality of your life so i'm thinking of finances in terms of my life Mm -hmm. and when i was 18 that's when it kind of like hit me because i was like i'm tired of working I've been working three whole years. <laughs> like, no, I've been working three whole years. I've been sick of this. Three whole years. Much. For real. I was like, nah, this ain't for me. <laughs> and I was like, I just want to be an artist and travel the world, mm-hmm. travel the country, whatever the case may be. And I said that to my mom when I was 18, and she was like, well, you need money for gas. You need to eat. <laughs> she started off What right kind of vehicle are you going to have where you ain't got to have no job? So I was like, okay, maybe I should figure out money a little bit so I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. And really, like, my journey has been, like, reading uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki and how he talks about the difference between an asset and a liability. So that's a big thing. Like, that's a huge mindset thing for me is, like, what is an asset and what's a liability? Mm-hmm. Like, most of my money goes into stuff that's an asset. I do like my stuff, Starbucks. I love coffee just by every morning. I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> but aside from that, like... The, the stuff that most people spend most of their money on, I don't. Mm-hmm. I spend money on the studio. I spend it on equipment. I spend it on... Uh, so investments. Investment, cryptocurrency. and But for me, I enjoy it. It's not like a, a Apple stock or something random that I don't know anything about. And also, like, education. I spend a lot of money on uh, online courses and stuff like that. And uh, building multiple streams of income. Because right now I do Airbnb, I do this, um, and I'm also building up my income as far as, like, being an artist. I'm starting to really push, you know, making money with that because it's principles. It all works together. Mm -hmm. So as far as, like, me, my financial life is, like, more of a mindset of, like, creating a life and not being controlled by money. Mm -hmm. Not, like, my everyday decisions are based on what I feel and what I'm happy about and... (laughs) <laughs> I think I think that's real important. <laughs> and I think everything that you said hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Because what people don't understand and that's like I said, going back to my daddy, like always instilled in me money is a tool. Mm-hmm. Money is just a piece of paper that the federal government deter uh determines this is yeah. currency. That's so huge. Tomorrow yeah. they can say, All right, all those little green pieces of paper don't mean nothing. Yeah. Then what? Now right what do you now, have? That's crazy. Money is an idea. The yeah. actual physical currency of money is just an idea. It's not a real thing. Yeah. Right now, banks are putting zeros and ones exactly. in a computer and generating money. Money wow. is created out of thin air. Yeah. So it's not real. Yeah. So what I try to tell people whenever I am teaching financial literacy is okay, you don't care about money. I mean it, it doesn't exist. What yeah. can money bring you, money being this tool, that would actually benefit your life, that would bring substance to your life? What yeah. makes you happy? So I think that's, and like, I, once again, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about mindset. If you can turn the focus on being from, oh, I need to get this money, yeah. to I need to um, empower myself. Yeah. I need legacy. I need Ooh, to a be, life. right. Yeah. Like, what am I doing in this life? If I'm just in this, because... We talked about the cash flow game, getting out of the rat race. But if you're still an entrepreneur and you're just constantly chasing money and that's it, aren't you still in the rat race? Are Mm. you really enjoying your life? Yeah. Mm. Like, it doesn't just have to be in a nine-to-five job. Like, if you are an entrepreneur working for yourself but you're still only chasing money and don't have any other substance to yourself, then I feel like that's being in the rat race as well. It is way more than that. 
I've gotten out of the rat race and I was bored as heck. Like when I when my I had three Airbnbs and I literally didn't have to work because they were doing their own thing. I just had to message people back and forth and I was chilling. I'm like, this is the life for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> a week and I'm like Now I understand these old people that like retire and they like their brain degenerates. You like kinda go crazy because it's like you like your whole life and that this is what a lot of people don't talk about. Mm. Your whole life you've been taught, okay, you know, working is bad you don't want to work in in a certain way like you've been trained to work like a steel worker you know nine to five jobs all day working all day somebody telling you what to do whatever but then on the other side you you feel guilty because you feel like there's a life out there where Absolutely. you shouldn't work then you get to the point where you don't work and you're like what the hell <laughs> like how this? does this work I thought this was the <laughs> destination. Yeah. I, like yeah. this is what i worked so hard for mm-hmm. and what i realized is like work is probably the best thing that you can do for your brain and just mm-hmm. in life in general like it gives you it should give you joy mm-hmm. it's not that work is bad it's like what type of, of work, work are you doing, doing? Right. Exactly. and does it give you anything like mm-hmm. when you make money and that's another big thing that i feel like a lot of people have like uh i don't know there's like a block around like money because people think that money is bad don't talk about it don't care about it none of that stuff but i feel like you can have a relationship with money and like the way you receive money is very important so if you're trained to only receive money from one job and then you know that job ends or whatever you have to go find another job it's stressful but if you think about like how can i make money receive money in a way that makes me happy like i'm really happy from getting this money and it feels good when i put it in my bank there's times where i made a whole lot of money in a way that i was just like i don't feel anything like a job or was on the block <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> For real. It's, it's true there's a lot of different ways but then and there's a different energy based on how you're receiving the money then there's a time where like just recently my ep release party i made probably about four hundred dollars that night which i think that was good but mm-hmm. it like just filled my heart just because of how I receive the money. I worked so hard to be an artist 10 years and everybody's telling you you can't make money with music and stuff like that. And I've done that. I've made $2,000 in a day with Airbnb. Somebody booked it and I was like, oh, that's nice. But this four, I was crying this four hundred dollars like I was so emotional. <laughs> yeah. So it's like passion. it's different, and it's possible to really make a good amount of money with what you love to do. It's just that there's so many blocks around that, yeah. and around money in general. It's like, oh no, I'm gonna do this for free. You know, even with people that you care about. That I had a conversation about this just yesterday with somebody, and people were like, well, hey all these people are saying they care about this person, but they have online courses and they're making money to teach somebody how to do something when they're millionaires or whatever, they can just give it to them for free. And I was like, I've gotten courses that I got for free and I have not touched them. But the courses I spent a thousand dollars on or $500 on, I'm working that thing because if I don't, I'm going to feel real ridiculous if I don't. And it actually did more for me because I, I put skin in the game. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of like mental weirdness that we have around money that we got to, yeah, we really got to work on. So you spoke on, uh, multiple streams of income. So jazz, you do have a job Mm -hmm. or career. I would say career. Do you enjoy your, what you do, your career? Um, yes, for the most part, I obviously I'm not passionate about it. Um, I have 
cool at my job. <laughs> um, so I, I like, um, you know, taking the, the aspects of it that I like is uh, taking those leadership roles, helping to influence people positively. Um, but I mean, it's not my passion. It's I'm, I'm so I'm in operations at a CPA firm and what I'm doing there, um, I feel is helpful to my other business. Absolutely. Which, yeah, everything that I'm doing there, I'm taking in, um, and seeing how I can apply it to everything else that I'm going. And if I'm not here, um, for the rest of my life, which obviously I don't plan to be, um, then everything that I do there will be able to benefit me in the future. It's almost as if I'm investing my time in this job to help me in the future to gain whatever information that I can uh, with all my other endeavors. And exactly. How there. So those things, the other endeavors, entrepreneurship, because you are absolutely on it. What are you doing exactly as far as entrepreneurship? Like what businesses are you trying to obtain or are obtaining for yourself? We ain't gonna say trying. <clears throat> um, for multiple streams of income. So right now, um, my fiance and I are um, investors in. We right now we do mobile homes. So initially, uh, we were going to do single family residences, but somebody put us on to mobile homes and owner finance and mobile homes. Where um, with the single family residence, you get two to five hundred dollars cash flow every month but you still have to take care of maintenance and um anything that happens with the register because you still own that property so with mobile homes you get the same amount of cash flow if not more when you own a finance it if you're not because we don't rent them mm -hmm. so basically the mobile home belongs to the person living in it we're pretty much just like the bank we're loaning it uh, them the money to pay for it. They're paying us every month, kind of like a mortgage. Exactly. Um, but they that mobile home is their mobile home, so we get cash flow without having to worry about all the extra expenses that come along with mm. it. Um, so that's um, what that's we're a good doing business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I learned about that at um, a rich dad poor, poor dad uh, meeting, mm -hmm. and I was I was really looking into. It. I was like, yeah. man, I was on Craigslist looking <laughs> at like they had whole uh, what is it a. Uh, um, a trailer like, like a just park? land a whole park yeah yeah i'm like that's if you do the math on that yeah. i'm just like that's crazy when we get one i'll call you man yeah <laughs> we don't need know. investors <laughs> for real <laughs> that's what's up that's a good business yeah cool um so it's complete and the mobile home so right now the mo we we do individual mobile homes but our goal one of our goals in the future is to have an entire park um yeah. and that business model is a little different but it's you own the land. Mm -hmm. So in my case right now, they own the mobile home, but we're still financing um, the mobile home for them. So they mm -hmm. still owe us X amount of money. Yeah. So if that mobile home was to burn down, we're SOL because mm -hmm. we didn't get the rest of that money. And they're not obviously going to keep paying us if yeah. they burn exactly. down. Exactly. Um, so mobile home park... You own the land. You're renting the land. You can't burn down no land. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a wonderful. Yeah. So yeah. people, it's pretty much people. You can either uh, put your own mobile homes on there and rent them out, or you can tell people you buy a mobile home somewhere else. You can put it on this land, yeah. and you pay me X amount of dollars every month. Yeah. And it's obviously there's a risk to everything, but it's very low risk, very yeah. high um, return. So yeah. Okay. 
so with the um with you teaching financial literacy to kids that's more of like volunteer work yeah so getting into that so i started off with this organization called the women's resource where i teach uh financial literacy to mostly adults and a lot of them we would teach in transitional facilities why you ain't send me no (laughs) hello (laughs) i could have rolled with you (laughs) (laughs) so we were teaching uh homeless shelters um, transitional living uh, living facilities where there's uh, parents or mothers with their children getting out of bad relationships where they had, you know, no knowledge of the financial matters in the household so wow. they don't have anywhere else to go. Um, I taught in the Harris County Jail. Um, which, so we teach pretty much everywhere, but the reason I wanted to start teaching kids is the one thing that, all of these people had in common life beat them down and a lot of them said say at the end of the class like this is so helpful this is so useful i wish i would have learned it earlier yeah i'm like okay well let me teach it earlier yeah so i'm getting in these um high schools and trying to teach it in high school because that's i feel like that's the trend obviously you need financial education as young as you can get it mm-hmm. yeah but in high school that's that point where it's about to be a transition mm-hmm. yeah so they're about to get out in the real world some of them may or may not go to college some of them may or may not get a job but there's so many things to think about how to buy a car if you're going to buy a cash or finance it if you're going to rent an apartment um what fees go along with that like what People, <laughs> these kids gonna be distraught, right? <laughs> but that's what they need. <laughs> it all sounds good getting yeah. a car until yeah. you find out about maintenance and gas and insurance yeah. and everything yeah. else that comes along with it. Yeah. It's a lot. So teaching them about it so they can make smart decisions up front. Credit cards. So, so many people in credit card debt, and I'm like, how sweet? Like, how you get in that much credit card debt? You but it's it? because we don't know about credit cards like exactly they send them out immediately when you get out of high school knowing that you don't know nothing about no nothing it's yeah. just like oh i got this free month free right, money free you know yeah. i had a capital one credit card just like a 300 dollars limit first credit card and i think i maxed it out in less than a month wow exactly and it i let it go to collections you know i'm just because i'm at that age and i'm I, about to pay these people yeah, what you exactly. gonna do to me i gotta buy these diapers <laughs> for my baby <laughs> so i mean that that really sucked you know because like straight off the back now i'm messing up my credit and it's just like i wish like i wish that what you are preparing to do um or yeah preparing to do like i wish i had that you know and i also wish let me just say a side note i don't know if you don't think like that I wouldn't be interested or your friends wouldn't be interested because you were like oh I don't think y'all you know y'all don't care about (laughs) girl because that's how y'all are about my poetry like I would love to attend I don't know if I could like if these are just closed offers or anything but I would love to attend that stuff because the type of person that I am even with my poetry even though I love writing and you know like performing and stuff sometimes I get in a space of complacency but once I get around the other poets or go to an open mic night i become inspired again right. so i kind of i know about myself that i need that constant um inspiration or to be like okay i'm seeing this and these things are being said to me like self-elevation you know i'm like okay i need to start working on this for real but mm-hmm. so let me know okay so <laughs> like, like, to answer to answer your question about that I don't like to solicit people 
me uh, either. <laughs> That's why you were like, you ain't tell me about this. I'm like, uh, I sent y'all book. I ain't say nothing else. No, I didn't That's say it. you didn't tell me about it. I said Niggas, I forgot. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I said I forgot. <laughs> Desiree, you know she said I ain't send it at all. She was like, no, you yeah, didn't. Yeah, that that's what Desiree <laughs> likes to say. <laughs> Desiree said I invite her to that party. <laughs> and then she said, oh, I thought it was tomorrow. But you just said we ain't even take <laughs> Nah. Hey, Desiree. Love, love you, Desiree. <laughs> uh, but, um... To answer your question, I don't like to say, hey, I know about this. Let me teach you about this. If you ask me, I'm answer. If you ask me a question, I'll answer it. But I don't want to just be up, up to you like, hey, you need some help? <laughs> With like, your money? With right. Your money? You, you look broke. I <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> it really, that, I mean, that is such a sensitive topic. Yeah, like, just don't. talking about money in general, people get so mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they literally get angry. Yeah. Like, people some people really get people angry. People don't like advice without asking for it yeah. yeah so i mean yeah if you come up to me i, I will t- we could talk about i love talking about financial education um and that's i i, I want to say financial education because it's like like i said earlier it's not about the money money doesn't mean anything it's what that money's going to bring you in your life but you have to be fiscally responsible in order to get there mm. money is important but money isn't everything money is a tool money is not the destination it's the vehicle mm. so um understanding how to manage that is very important and how not to get in these traps because we can say all day oh money don't mean anything to me i'm living my life i'm doing what i want to do i'm i'm happy but if you have zero if you're in hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and you want to make a dream happen for yourself it'll be extremely difficult if you don't have either cash or credit or I mean, at that point, I have to be connections. I guess those are the three <laughs> yeah. things to get to get where you want to. That's true. I feel like there's heavy propaganda to get us to like do the opposite of what we're supposed to do financially. Like starting in like the whole school system and then going into college, where we like we're used to things being free. They know when we're young, our parents give us a lot of stuff, so we're just thinking, oh, I'm gonna just get this. So when you go to college you're like oh this is free money this mm-hmm. lunch is free everything mm-hmm. is free what Ooh, it's not. wait till i get this it's refund <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you don't that know that refund you're gonna have to owe that back uh, exactly oh, i bought rims like the first time <laughs> <laughs> oh that was the funny first time i got my check i got oh, rims and some speakers in my car <laughs> and after that i was like this is stupid literally <laughs> like i was just like never again i was like i gotta i gotta change this up for real yeah. but like that's bad like and even cars like when you get cars that takes up so much money from your income especially if you don't like really do it in the right way if you haven't built up your credit you're paying six seven hundred dollars just to drive in a car like on top of everything else that you got to pay exactly in order to maintain a car yeah they make us so comfortable spending money on things that are not going to give us money back and we feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable when somebody asks us to invest in this new thing mm-hmm. like even if our friends is business or something like that i'm gonna give you this much back da, 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 or even stocks and bonds or something like that we're so resistant to investing money but we could just throw money at any little thing Absolutely. go shopping online shopping all day long get a credit card spin up all that but when we invest in ourselves and i feel like a, a big part of financial literacy that a lot of people don't talk about is like self-care i feel like when you if you look at all the stuff that you spend money on like what 
from this, what do you, what is it that is going to feed you in the future? Like, what is going to set you up for in 10 years, I'm going to be so happy that I spent my money on this versus what I spent my money on that? Look, like, how is this going to make me feel in five to 10 years? I'm looking at my nails like, girl, uh, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with girl, that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, a, wrong with that's that. A, that is I'm gonna have pictures an investment. Like, because that's an investment that is to an your investment. self-help because when you get compliments on your nails, it makes you feel, you feel better. Good. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. It does. But I think um, that's, that's really important. <laughs> I think it's all important. Yeah. Y'all know I'm silly. I'm just gonna, <laughs> like as she's talking, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But that's, that's funny. But yeah. So, um, the you were speaking on something that you do in Acres Home. Is that where you have these events or these talks with these groups? Is it held at a certain place, or is like what is it that you do in Acres Home? Um. So. There was a group that started um, where a few of us uh, youth in the community, because right now the organizational structure of Acres Home and the uh, governing um, body of Acres Home is mostly people 40 and up, which is not old, but there is, I feel like, we feel like the youth is the future, so there was a group created, Young, young Adults Building Communities, um, and sp- I think it was a part of um, Sylvester Turner's um, Complete Communities Initiative, which is his flagship um, thing that he's doing in the city where he's taking certain communities and um, trying to get in front of gentrification. Mm. Um, so it, I know it was Acres Home, Fifth Ward, near Northside, and two other places that are... Um, mostly historically black neighborhoods mm-hmm. that are on the verge of possibly becoming gentrified. Cause I'm seeing it. We were, I think me and my stepdad were just talking about that. And being that I drive around daily, like I can literally see a house that you can tell is like just completely old and isn't that. And right next door, there's like this fancy gate and these uprises mm-hmm. you know, or high rises. They already started. And Acres Home, you got those three story townhomes they um that they building and yeah um and they cost an arm and a leg and rent is an arm and a leg too. So I mean, once one gets there, they're just gonna keep coming and coming. Mm-hmm. You have people buying up the land, but. Outside of that, so the initiative started with, with Sylvester Turner's Complete Communities. Um, and the this program that we were in, we were tasked with creating a project to help to make the community better. And obviously, my I partnered with another uh, young lady who um, tenant rights is her passion. Mine is financial education. So we mm-hmm. were getting these low-income uh, apartments which it's a pro it's really a problem that I did obviously I know that there are people in these situations but I wasn't I've never been that close to the situation where you see people are blatantly mistreated the landlord of the apartment like slumlords the landlords of the apartment complex live out of state if you tell them you got a maintenance request you got to fix it yourself mm. um it's mold in there one of the residents who was also in the group um, develop lupus and leukemia because wow. of the conditions of the apartment complexes. So um, we were structuring a program for the tenants of the apartment complexes. It's two in particular that are low-income um, apartment complexes, and we were going to create a program for them to learn not only about tenant rights and what your rights are as a tenant, how what you should and should not accept based on what the law permits, 
Um, but also about financial literacy because you uh, nobody wants to be in that situation by choice. Yeah. Um, if someone could know how to turn it around and start saving to get out of the situation, um, then I would I would love to be able to help in that aspect and um, help them plan for the future and, and create goals. So that's what that is there. I'm also there's a, a business and economic chamber um, in the community that I'm gonna try to make some changes with, but mm-hmm. that's new, so I'm not gonna talk about that too much. So, okay. um, but yeah, I just Agus Home is very close to my home where I grew up. One of the first and most prominent historically black communities in the state, probably in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dang. just trying to restore that to its greatness is kind of what the what the mission is there. Okay. Okay. So what are your habits? What kind of habits do you have as far as balancing and budgeting, such as when you get paid, do you have like certain amount go to this account or do you set aside like how do you stay balanced with your financial like or what could what type of tips could you give someone tracking everything I think a lot of the time you don't know it's when I talk to a lot of and this is why I don't solicit services on nobody because (laughs) the first thing when I say hey start saving more is I can't Mm. is I don't have any more money left after I pay everything, I'm like, well, who are you paying? Mm-hmm. So there's a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. Yes. Um, I, look, I, I, I hurry up and look at you because I'm like, I'm pretty sure she <laughs> knows. Like, <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> yeah, Love so that book. Um, it's a, it's a, if you haven't read it, if you're not, or if you are trying to start a journey of financial education and financial prosperity, I would highly suggest reading that one. It's easy to read, and it has – like the most basic money principles, but that work and that anybody could could do. Mm. But one of the things that caught my attention most in that book is um, he was this rich person. I don't know. Was talking to somebody who wanted to learn his ways. He said, um, "I have the one secret that would." Um, turn around your entire situation and he had to do all of this work in order to get the secret and when he finally got it it was a part of everything you earn is yours to keep and the dude was like that's it that's your secret like everything I earn is mine to keep and he's like well really so when you get your check do you pay um, this person do you pay this person do you pay that person he's like yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. well, the a part of everything you earn is yours to keep. The money that you earn in your paycheck isn't for you to, to pay all these different people, mm. all these different vendors, all these different designers, you know, and that's where the term pay yourself first comes from. Treat yourself as a bill, and that's investing in yourself, like you said, Amber. Um, if you, the first amount of money that you take out of your paycheck every week two weeks month however often you get paid is to yourself then i think that's the most fundamental thing that anybody can learn about money and from there you'll be okay it's just a matter of putting away money that you don't touch Mm -hmm. so that you can earn 
uh, or work towards the goals that you set for yourself. But that's another important part is having goals in the first place. Yeah. Because what's the part? What's the point of saving money if you don't know what you're doing it for? Exactly. Like if you don't have a, a destination in mind, a goal in mind, then you're just saving this money for no reason. And of course you're gonna spend it because mm-hmm. your it. your goal at this point is to get these hundred dollar Jordans or these five hundred dollar Yeezys or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But that's not going to sustain you in the future that's not going to help you accomplish your larger goals so step one i think is figuring out what's important to you what you want to do in your life what your goals and aspirations are figuring that out and then trying to take each step from there so a goal to me is like a set of stairs right a lot of people don't achieve their goals because they're looking at the top flight. Mm. And you don't, you can't just jump up there and get up there. It ain't no elevator. So you got to figure out how to get up these steps. So I have a goal to, let's just say, I want to save $1,000 in a year, just a round number, because I know the month. Anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you, just, you no. can't just jump if you if you making a certain amount of money you can't just jump to the top flight of the goal and have that thousand dollars you got to step start at step one what's step one okay i'm gonna open a savings account mm. okay step two i'm gonna find out where my money is going so i'm gonna start tracking my money step three i'm going to start saving i think it's 83 or 84 dollars a month until i eventually get so it's step by step you can't just say man I want, what's something that somebody, I want to buy a house, <laughs> right? And then you're like, man, I can't buy no house. And then that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. it. <laughs> First, but, you got to work on your credit. Right, like, exactly. On, yeah, you steps. take this one step at a time. So yeah. figure out what those steps are to get to your goal and start doing it. But a lot of the time it'll have, it will um, take money. So yeah. saving money would be a, a part of that. So pay yourself first. Another crazy thing I, um, I like I read the richest man in Babylon like three times and I didn't really catch it until the third time. Like there was a, a, a chapter I don't know what it was about, but basically they said um, how like in those times in Babylon, like you could literally become a slave by not like taking out a loan and not being able to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Or people would literally give up their children and their, their wife and kids as collateral for a loan. Whoa. And if they don't pay, their kids and their their wife will go into slavery or them so what i thought about that like it could be a metaphor because like modern day slavery is loans Mm -hmm. like if you have a hundred thousand yeah debt if you have all this debt you can't you literally cannot do what you want to do like that's Mm -hmm. the modern form of slavery is Mm -hmm. making sure you have enough debt to keep you from really doing what you truly want and like that whole saving was literally in the book it was like this is the secret to getting out of slavery like if you want to win your way out of slavery you have to save 10 percent of everything that comes in mm-hmm. and then once you do that at then, least yeah at least and then take that money and invest it in something that's going to give you money back and mm-hmm. it kind of talks about how like when you it's like the child your your money is your child and then you put in an investment and then it has grandchildren and then those grandchildren have Mm. children so Mm. you're making money off of all of these children and grandchildren that you can put in like i feel like that's a a a better way to think of it than just an investment and or or i made my uh dividends or whatever but it's like your children take care of your children Mm -hmm. take care of your grandchildren because they're gonna multiply so i feel like that's really cool Mm -hmm. A, a cool way to think about it in like the way they broke it down in that book was amazing. Yeah. Stories and stuff. Yeah. I love it. Great book. 
Yes. I will say I got a glimpse of uh, being financially responsible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she said a glimpse. No, let me explain. Like, I was smart with a money glimpse. this one time. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. So maybe I didn't say that right. Ooh, y'all. <laughs> Just let me finish. No, okay. So I guess when you say like when you have a goal for something. And so with me doing everything that I'm doing now, um, remember I got those consciously tapped in shirt uh thanks to a friend and that friend even invested in me um and said do this i mean you know sell these i don't want any money back from it just what you uh get from it pour back into yourself Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what i did so the profit that i made off of the shirts i put that aside um i just i just I felt like since I was starting to become more of a business person mm-hmm. or businesswoman per se, um, it was a lot easier. And I had this strict thing on myself, like, you're not about to touch this money, you know. And so I think it does have to do with absolutely like having a goal, knowing that what you want to do and how much more you want to. And then not only just from that profit, it's like, well, now that I see I have some money, let me take some extra money just from money that I make from work Mm -hmm. and put it in that business Mm -hmm. account, you know? Um, And so I think that's a, a great thing to have. So me saying a glimpse, I guess just being exposed to that and it finally happening it made me be like, okay, let me be a little bit more strict on it. And, you know, just really like pour back into myself and just having that makes me want to be like, okay, what's about to be the next thing, the next merch that I have or whatever, you know, to just keep going and building or whatever. So you you hit on, on something there is when you realized your dreams could happen, Mm. that's when you realized, okay, this is when, I need to really get it together and keep working towards that goal. I think a lot of people don't realize your dreams can happen. As humans, we are the only beings on this earth, unless the planet of the apes happen, (laughs) that... (laughs) 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 I don't know. I seen an ape scrolling on on Facebook or something the other day and hidden post. Yes, that was weird. Uh, A what scroller? An ape. A ape. a ape scrolling on social media and hitting the pictures that I he wanted to done. see. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Unless that happens, unless plenty of apes happen, <laughs> human, beings, <laughs> human beings are the only beings on this earth that can literally do whatever we put our mind to. We can, but we're also the only ones cursed with the emotions to stop that from happening Ooh-hoo. as well. We. Mm-hmm. And it totally has to do with the company that you keep around you for absolutely sure. yeah. so we have people in our ear we have doubt we have fear we have contentment we have all of these things that can be a ceiling to what we really want to accomplish but if you break through all of that we can literally do whatever we envision i like to bring up oprah because she's like the epitome of started from the bottom now we're here (laughs) like oprah her grandmother was a washerwoman oprah was dirt poor Mm -hmm. like dirt poor so when anybody tells me i'm in this situation and i can't get out of it i'm like uh henry ford's most famous quote is whether you think you can or you can't either way you're right Mm. so um oprah her grandmother was telling her hey watch how to do this because when you grow up you're gonna be doing it too and then she said in her head at three years old she was thinking no i'm not so Mm -hmm. at at that early she knew if she would have listened to her grandmother 
and been like, okay, I'm going to be washing these clothes because that's what I'm going to do. But that early, she had a nugget in her like, no, I'm greater than this. I can do whatever I want to do. And this woman is a billionaire coming from nothing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if if that is a story that's out there, and then there's obviously countless stories like that, but, I mean, everybody know Oprah. Yeah. So <laughs> own, own ownership. Like yeah. Yeah. when I think about Oprah, I think of ownership. And like, had she not owned a lot of the things that she was doing, her intellectual mm-hmm. property, her books, and all different types of stuff, like it's impossible to become a billionaire without owning something. Yeah. Like it's impossible to really be free without owning something. Mm-hmm. Like you have to really think about everything that you're doing in terms of like how can i own this what could i do that i own that like you know have children those children have children like what you're saying with the the t-shirts that's Mm -hmm. something that you can own you can come up with an idea for a t-shirt and from that one idea create hundreds of thousands of t-shirts and then branch off into all kinds of stuff but since you own it you control it and you have the power to like free yourself with that. Mm-hmm. So and knowledge as well. I think she she puts a lot of emphasis on education. Yeah. And I think that's important. Ownership and education. People talk about reparations. And I won't talk about it too long because it's a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> but me personally, I'm put myself out there. I am not a hundred percent for reparation. I understand the idea. But I think before we give anybody any money for anything, <laughs> they need to know what to do with it. Yes. Exactly. I think bef- we need to talk about education before we talk about reparations. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, yeah, because I know everybody's heard the statistic of how quick our money leaves the community. Mm-hmm. Until we fix that problem, we get reparations and we'll be in the same situation Oh, Ten yeah. years later, rims and speakers on their house. Every, every, every year we get a yeah. refund. What we do with yeah, that? We get tax refunds. We get. I mean, it's so. We come into money all the time. Yeah. If pe- that's why I want people to track your money, track what's coming in and coming out. You will be surprised. I've seen so many people that's like, I don't have any. Mo- the people that tell me that I can't do this, I can't save more. Once we get into it and we look at their income and expenses, they have so much money left over, and they're like, wow. Well, where is it? Like. I I, I that, was that looking thing. at one person. <laughs> I was like, teach me your way. I thought I made all this money. Where, where to go? <laughs> like, it's crazy. Um, and that happened to me before. But there was one person in particular. We went, I mean, she makes a good amount of money. And she was just like, I don't have any money left. Oh, okay. I was like, let's get into it. Write down your income every month and every single thing, every single bill that you have, not only your car note, insurance, rent, but your Netflix, your Spotify, your yeah. Apple Music, all that. Write it all down. And after that, she was still supposed to have like $1,200 left over at the yeah. end of the month. And she was like, well, I, I don't know. It's it, them trips to CVS. Yeah. Walgreens, yeah, that you're really station. not calculating. Exactly. That's what gets you. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I realized that after Hurricane Harvey. Like, you really start think, looking at your expenses when you can't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hold up, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm spending all this money every single day. Mm-hmm. If you only spend $15 every single day, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially oh, if you're only making money two or three times a month, mm-hmm. like, you know, every two weeks or whatever. So I'm yeah. like, how can I make money on my days? Like, mm-hmm. I need to make money 
if I could spend fifteen dollars a day, how can I make fifteen dollars a day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, that solution was Airbnb. Like people are paying me for nights at this place, so every day I'm looking at okay, I'm making this amount of money every day. So that helped balance me, even though I'm kind of like I'm kind of wild with my money. Yeah. Like I'm not crazy, but it's, I'm like it's the Aries in us. Yeah. It's, it's it's the Aries. <laughs> it's also my my upgrade bringing of like you know figure, creating your means, and I'm also like I've worked really hard to become a lot more responsible. So I am more responsible than I have been. Mm-hmm. I do spend a lot of my money on like you know this stuff, like my investments and stuff like that that do make me money in the future, mm-hmm. but. I still like it's just like I have to spend my money like I just like I feel bad like it's, it's weird no because I'm just like because I feel bad I'm like it's just like, sitting I, there I, I could be doing so much with this money like that's my problem I gotta I I literally have this mindset of Brittany stay your ass in the house exactly <laughs> like, and because I realize like if I stay in the house I'm not spending no money but when I get out. It's I don't gone. know. It's just like, yeah, what it's you gone. gonna do? But it's that's, gone. I think that's another um another child of just knowing what having a plan for your money. <laughs> so yeah, if if you have a certain amount of money, somebody said there you shouldn't have X amount of money just sitting in a savings account because it's just sitting there. So having amount of money for your yeah. people say three to six months usually of, of living expenses. Yeah. Um, to have just in a savings account. Anything over that Invest it. You, yeah. There's no reason to have any money sitting, losing value over time because the inflation rate is typically 3 to 5%, yeah. 3% per year. Your savings account is getting you 1% if you're lucky. Mm. So over time, you're losing money by keeping it in a savings account. So if you have your 3 to 6 months, some people say 6 to 12 months, depending on if you have a, a job with high job security or if it's – um, a job where you like if you're a realtor or something and you don't know where your money's going to come mm. from some people say maybe have 12 months um expenses but after that invest it find something that's going to make you money the yeah. children and the grandchildren of, of your money yeah so mm. i'm i like i feel like for me i use that sometimes as an excuse <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's in play because like you know how sometimes you can have knowledge <laughs> you trick yourself with yeah. the knowledge oh, I'm good at and that. i'm like guess what <laughs> I this is going to taxes and fees and everything else. I might as well use it on yeah. something. But I want to have that cushion, like the six to seven months, like just saved and just like sit in there. Because I felt how it feels to just have money sitting there, and it does feel good. It like it literally feels good times, good yeah. times, like a pillow or something, like a comforter. Yeah, it does. But I like I have been able to do some really cool things with money, like being able to. Um, and I feel like loans aren't bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like certain things are, it's just how you, what you do with it. So the first big loan I've ever gotten was for my tour bus that I wanted. So I figured out, like, I was like, I want a tour bus because it would be cool. To, basically, before this idea happened, I had the idea to have this in a tour bus. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, that would be cool. And I didn't know how much tour buses cost. <laughs> so I'm just going, you know, whatever, looking for it or whatever. And I read books on credit. I read books on negotiation, um, loans and stuff like that. 
and basically it was just like a perfect storm so i built up my credit built up my relationship with the bank and then because before then i was like man banks are horrible because i've been mm-hmm. learning about stuff and like That's something that holds us back too yeah they just mm-hmm. literally create money in the computer and then they give it to you they they're not even the federal reserve i'm not getting into that but <laughs> <laughs> uh what is it what is that um the uh the jekyll island what is it the have you heard of the um it was something about Jekyll Island. Look up a book about Jekyll Island. You can find it for free on YouTube. But, like, had my mind blown. I'm like, this is a scam. <laughs> so, yeah, watch that. But I was all into that. But it also is a gateway to get you to what you want. And if you're responsible enough, if you understand the game, then you can use it for your own gain, for the mm-hmm. things that you want to do. So, basically, I took my tax refund. I had my financial aid refund because I was done with rims and stuff like that. <laughs> And I put that together and I put it in the bank as leverage to get a loan. And I had built the relationship, built up my credit. So they gave, they actually gave me a loan. And then I went and negotiated for the uh, tour bus. Because you literally took uh, everything that you was reading. I was and just like, like, was literally, like I'm going to negotiate. Literally. Okay, I think it was, it was a while. It was like, that was like 2015. I put mm-hmm. the, I was 23 years old and I put all that together and then I negotiated. I got the bus. Like that bus is like has been my muse this like one of my biggest muses because that's my dream when I was 18 I was like that's the only reason why I want to be financially you know literate was so I could have this dream of having this vehicle to go around the country with so So, is I'm sorry just in really quick is that the video that you posted where you were working on it on the inside is that it yeah okay okay that's all yeah so I'm still I'm still working on it and like it's it's totally cool yeah and people always underestimate how long it takes to do stuff Mm -hmm. like it's taken me years just to find a legitimate person and then to have money at the same time when I have the legitimate legitimate person to put it together so I finally have both so now I'm really working on it. Yeah. But I, the person I became by having such a huge financial goal, because really that's a huge financial goal, and it pushed me to, to even start this. Like, if it was just me on my regular ho-hum, you know, I just want to be an artist thing, I wouldn't have created different solutions to help other artists so I can then make money so I can have my dream. I'm helping other people have dreams. Mm. But I had such a huge financial goal that it just, like, pushed me throughout to figure things out try things out and I did struggle with the loan just because I didn't understand like just how important it is like I was like okay let me make these payments I finally paid it off but and then even with that I realized my credit was better when I had the loan when I paid it off my credit went down yeah I was so mad yeah (laughs) I was like I struggled for years with this but it really made me understand how the whole system works. And I feel like once you understand the system, you have a lot more power than somebody is just like ho-hum, just doing whatever they want. And make having something that could get you freedom, it can also put you into slavery. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's both ways with just about everything. So, yeah, that's a – I feel like having a big financial goal – that is like a lifestyle or a life goal that's financial like has a a a ticket to it can really take you far Mm -hmm. so like even like if you want to be an artist or something like that calculating how much is it going to take for me to have an artistic life like you know do i need to save up for a year of expenses so i can be in italy or something being a a artist or whatever or you know all kinds of stuff like that Mm. i feel like that's a huge like a purpose that has absolutely money behind it like how can i 
for this purpose. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also want to, you brought up a little bit earlier about streams of income. I think it's really important for people to know that you don't have to just rely on one source of income and you shouldn't rely on one source of income. So if, if, if you're a real estate investor and all of your money's in the market, I'm sure a lot of people that had multiple properties in 2008 could tell you that you should probably need to diversify and and do something else with your money. So it's don't have all of your eggs in one basket, but when you do have that large goal, like put what you can into it and I think that that in itself is just such a motivator yeah. and something that will give you such a good feeling. When you yeah. have something to work toward in life, yeah. it feels mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. And it feels so free. And when you hit these little miles, that, that's why it's yeah. also important to have that huge goal. Yeah. But then also micro goals. Yeah. Like and and celebrate yourself when you do hit those micro goals yeah. so that you understand I'm working toward this and I'm doing it. And I think a good way to do that is because. It's like a roller coaster. It's up and down. It's not. It's never gonna go in a straight line. So having those multiple streams of income um, can help to kind of balance all of that out. Yeah. Um, me and my fiance have a certain goal that we have, and it's the main goal that we're working on. But between us, now we have seven streams of income in between us. So we know wow. that all of these things aren't the main goal. But if something were to go wrong, a job. We both have nine to five jobs, but I learned a long time ago that a job is not necessarily security. We can lose our job at at any. That's both of our main source of income. Yeah. But if we were to lose it, we're not completely SOL. Yeah. Like we have something else to fall back on and we can still work toward our main goal. Yeah. So if you are working your nine to five job and trying to hit this one other goal, but you don't have. But what if you lose that job? Then that might that might um, deter you from getting toward what you really want because life happens and it sucks when it does in a negative way. But I I like to say that I like to think of everything that could go wrong and prevent it from happening. Mm. So weighing your risk before it happened, I think, Amber, you hit, you hit it on the head earlier, it's just having those multiple streams of income so that you can kind of um, have a pad to those blows whenever they do happen. Because things are going to happen um, along the way. Everything isn't going to be positive and... Yeah. I'm sure as a full-time entrepreneur, you could probably attest to that more than more than I could. So. The crazy thing is, like, what made me build up my other streams of income the most was, like, I the first time I quit my job was uh, before a business plan competition. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to do good. Like, I, I work really hard. My mentors would buck me up, whatever. And if you win the business plan competition, you win $10,000. And uh, I was listening to Steve Harvey. He's like, you got to jump. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> Did you read the book? Oh, snap. I, I, yeah, I got yeah, the audio book. Junk, yeah. And all, all I had seen was a video at that time. I was like, oh, Lord, Steve Harvey. You're about to get me <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, forget it. I'm just about to quit. I'm about to quit my job and, like, <laughs> do my business. I, I didn't even have a business. That's so funny. I literally had a business, business plan. <laughs> 
I had a business. I was in a business plan competition. I had not done anything towards the business at all. That is hilarious. It's foolish. But I was just like, I was young. I was like, I might as well do it while I'm young. I'm going to have faith. He said, I got to jump off these rocks. Hopefully, I'll soar. I might get beat up a little bit. I got beat up a lot. Bit. I had to move back home. And literally, I had to move back to my mom's house. uh, Did that for two years. But while I was there, like when I went home, and I was in my mid-20s. I feel like that's kind of like a, a American thing that we put so much pressure on everybody to like be independent like so early or like get out there and pay your start paying bills yeah. and it's just like we're still trying to figure out who we are and what we're trying to do mm. so i hated it while i was there but i'm so thankful because <laughs> this would not have this would not exist if i hadn't gone back yeah. so in that time like i really learned how to be a human without a job mm. which or like we start having a job at five years old when we start school. Like mm-hmm. every single day you're We're there from this to, time to this mm-hmm. time. Somebody telling you when you use the bathroom, where you going to go when you have recess after recess, you just PE, whatever all day until you tired, you go home, you watch TV, you go to sleep. And, and then you have the weekend. Yeah. Then you have maybe Saturday, Sunday don't really count because you're trying to recuperate so you can go back to work. Yeah. So, at that time, I, I literally a petition for a three day weekend. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so you can have a real two days. Yeah, a real two days <laughs> off. So You're right, that's yeah, don't count. I, I, it doesn't. Like I, but yeah, you just push it back. But um, I literally had to figure out how to like live mm-hmm. and like what am I gonna de- do during the days, and I realized how much opportunity I was missing all day on Monday through Friday. All day. I literally started going up to universities and just like sitting in the class. Like I wasn't in just, class. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, campus police, we got a trespasser. But nobody <laughs> trying to gain I'm some free knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at TSU. Like, hey, what's up? What's going on? So I'm just like, yeah. And and it was great. I even talked to teachers and I was like, I really want to, I want to learn. I don't yeah. care if I get a degree or whatever. I just want to learn. I was able to have mentors where I can actually spend time with them because I'm not, you know, working a job all day. Like I'm doing mm. things for free that most people can't afford. Like a lot of people can afford to do stuff for free because they're yeah. always mm-hmm. paying bills. Yeah. And I'm volunteering at, um, I volunteered at Shape. I volunteered at the Covenant House, um, Salvation Army. I was able to do like stuff that made my heart feel good. Yeah. Um, throughout the day. And just, like, be spontaneous. Just like, you know what? I'm just going to... That's how I'm... The the reason why I'm here, literally, is one of those spontaneous days when I was at my mom's house. I was like, let me look up some studios. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw this studio and then another studio. And that's when I really developed, like, basically having faith in a way of, like, just moving, taking the steps and just doing stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what... uh There's a book that I've been reading i'm trying to remember what it's called i don't remember but it's basically like magical it talks kind of like about magic but law of attraction type stuff Mm -hmm. but it does feel magical when you just get up and you're like hunches basically you're going off a hunch so i went off a hunch i came here instead of the other place i just went in there just talking to him like i'm trying to get my music mixed i had never been in a real like a real studio Mm -hmm. i wasn't i didn't have no money i wasn't trying to get my stuff mixed but we, (laughs) (laughs) we just end up having a long conversation and at the end, I was like, do you take interns or whatever? He's like, normally not, but you seem like a pretty cool, interesting person. And so I ended up doing that for two years or two months. And then my mom got in a car accident and then her car got totaled. So we had to share a car, which was crazy. So then um, I couldn't go there. But 
three years passed and I was at the Shape Center and I got another hunch. So I'm like, I'm going to use the same principles that got me here. Like, you know, I need to go to another place. I need a better place to have this. So I wrote down what I felt like in, I, I say it's like angels and stuff like that. I don't know how people believe, but I got a really good relationship with my angels because I literally had to depend them, depend on them for everything, for gas, like every single thing financially. So, um, I basically was like, okay, let me write down all my mentors and stuff like that. See, and just go and have a conversation. So I hadn't talked to him in three years. I called him up and was like, you want to have lunch or something? He was like, sure, let's go. Let's eat Thai. Um, and then he was telling me, he was like the person in, I have the other studio, which I forgot about this studio. He told me about it, but I forgot. And he said, one of the guys just left and he just had that room and you know he was doing he was paying me rent or whatever and he just left and i was like that's my room like that's literally <laughs> my room he's the only person i talked to at that time but i'm just going off hunches like i learned when i stopped working so then uh i was like when i would walk around here after i got that i painted the whole room made it look nice and somebody else had the rest of it and I would walk around here. I'm like, this is going to be my place. This, this whole thing is going to be mine. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. But it's going to happen. So literally three months later, the guy moved. He had been here since I was here the first time, three years ago. Yeah. And he's just up and left. And I was like, well. <laughs> I spoke this. This is mine. <laughs> Let me move my stuff in here. <laughs> it's crazy. But mm -hmm. yeah, like when I, when I think about finances and stuff like that, like, I feel like God, everybody knows God works through finances, but rarely do people really like experience how God works with finance. Cause like, mm -hmm. it's so amazing to like manifest a certain amount of money or to be like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get from this place to that place. Cause I ain't going to no gas. Mm -hmm. And then, and also it's easier with entrepreneurship because you multiple streams, like somebody could pay for something whenever and you're like, I don't have gas today. Somebody just paid fifty dollars for doo -doo -doo. Mm -hmm. oh, gas and lunch. Mm -hmm. So yeah. like I feel like that's that's like been my journey, my path as far as money. Like really having a relationship with money and my angels and God and how they all work with money like it's like my experience i don't i don't really talk about it that much but like my experience <laughs> is like crazy yeah so most people don't know that side of like money it's really amazing yeah it's I wanna, cool i want to get to that i'm going to get to that it's point fun. of entrepreneurship where i do not have to wake up at 4:30 in the morning get Jamie ready. Waking up at I'm doing I, that. I, I I, that's what I do through the week. I wake up at 4:30 in the morning against my will cuz I don't sleep. Um sometimes around 11, 12, but that's not my business. <laughs> <You> <laughs> got to get, you got to get to I mean, and you know just like work all day and come home and do it again and so now that i've started doing things for myself and see how rewarding it is not just because of the financial part but also because of how it makes me feel i love helping others you feel yeah fulfilled. absolutely like i just the passion from it and i'm investing a lot more into myself than I am making money right now. And even still, feels it feels good. so great. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm praying, you know, uh, I would like to hire some angels. Hire. <laughs> uh, 
They're always <laughs> there. No, I feel I'm, like I'm kidding. I feel like you can practice with small stuff. Like mm-hmm. I think really I just force myself to practice and to need it to the point where like there's no other option. It, but everybody doesn't have to do that. Like I, I don't know like my temperament and like chill is on a level that a lot of people aren't like yeah. a lot of times yeah, everybody us, can't do that everybody yeah. shouldn't do that as far as like, <laughs> don't do that <laughs> don't take my advice as far as uh, steve harvey's advice right Max, quit your job that was, i was I like jumped. yeah i'm 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 a pretty chill person like the stuff that i've been through financially would cause people like some serious anxiety heart mm-hmm. heart Ooh. problems and i've had actually like i had to like i think at some point during that journey my heart did get weak like mm-hmm. i had a weak heart i was very stressed like it wasn't it wasn't like a job like it sounds jolly mm-hmm. but that was not easy but i feel like as far as like because Oprah talks about this too. Like, she, like, it wasn't just like, oh, she got this job and then life was wonderful. Like, you really got to take financial risks and leaps in, in faith. I feel like that's how it is with success, success if you want a certain kind of career. Like, me as an artist, I have to get out of my comfort zone in ways that most of the world, 99% of the world is never going to do. So, it takes some of that, like, to, I feel like, build character. Honestly, I feel like. Depending on the life you want to have, you have to build up that tolerance to financial uh, risk, honestly, because that's, I mean, it it takes that. Like, yeah. Jeff Bezos, he, the, the kind of, with uh, he owns Amazon. He started uh-huh. Amazon. And the kind of risk he took, and a lot of the, the person who started Airbnb, there was three guys in an apartment and they literally had barely any money. They was eating ramen noodles and all kinds of stuff. Like they made more money in the beginning doing, uh, they made, uh, cereal boxes called, uh, Obama O's and Captain McCain's. <laughs> so <laughs> during the election, what? they made a hundred thousand dollars with that. And it was like, huh? We got this whole Airbnb business. What are we doing this for? We done made $100,000. We ain't making no money with Airbnb. But they got through that, and then they got to the point where, like, that's a multi-billion dollar business now. But it took some kind of struggle, like, discomfort, like, building up your faith type. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like faith building has been glamorized, where it's just like, oh, yeah, just have faith and da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. What I learned through that journey is, like, having faith doesn't mean that god is like you're gonna step out like steve harvey he told he said it i just skipped that part but when you have faith you step out and you try to do something you think everything's just gonna work out Mm -hmm. but sometimes working out means you gotta go back to your mom's house you have to take a step back it may look to everybody else (laughs) like you're taking 10 steps back but it's only to like spring you forward absolutely Absolutely. I also just, think you have crazy. to have some type of everybody likes to say the people who um, have some type of a dream and well, Oprah didn't go to college. Bill Gates dropped out of college. Zuckerberg dropped out of college. But those people, a lot of people drop out of college, first of all, <laughs> in general, and they're yeah. not. Yeah. And they're, they're not doing anything. Those people had something that I think if you are trying to go an entrepreneurship route, 
um, I think you can't just say, oh, look at this person. They did it. I can too. You have to have some type of self-actualization. Self-awareness. Um, you have to have self-awareness. You have to have uh, discipline. I think that's the biggest thing you have to have because you make yourself, nobody's telling you to get up uh, every day. You have to make yourself get up every single yep. day. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have a job, you pretty much have to get up at that time or else you're going to lose your job. That's yeah. your motivation. Yeah. When you an entrepreneur, you can get up whenever you want. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, if you want to go that route, you can't be just no lazy sucker just trying to, you know, say, well, this person did it. I can too. But you have to look at the qualities that those people have and what they had to go through and what they had to learn and do on the way there and be yeah. willing to go through it yourself. Most so people aren't willing yeah, they like people dip their people toe. Like an li- easy life. Yeah. yeah, and that's what we've been marketed. But like, when I think about it, like I I went through a lot of struggle, like struggle, struggle. I'm so glad I'm not where I was, but I built so much like character and like I don't know, like I became a whole different person from mm-hmm. when I before I did that. So like I don't regret it because I feel like life is not made for you to be comfortable like we're literally going to die we're born and we're gonna die so why does it make sense for us to try to have a like a really super comfortable life the whole time like our we're born to live yeah and we just taught to make a living like i don't want to just make a living i actually want to live i want to have memories that i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe i did that that's what i want to like tell my grandkids like you know when i was 27 years old do you know yeah. that i <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's that's the kind of and everybody doesn't want that life that's not a life for everybody yeah but i'm i feel like i've been here a few times already so i feel on like the, <laughs> on your like, gravestone is gonna be the date you were born the date you died and then it's gonna be that dash it's the dash that matters whatever yeah. you do within those years to either make an impact on other people or make yourself um i guess feel accomplished make yourself feel whole because i mean it's a lot of not whole people dying with regrets every single day so um just what you do in your lifetime make it matter make it matter to you hopefully make it matter to other people Uh, we're still talking about martin luther king jr today we're still talking about um i mean just people who had an impact on this world whether it be positive or negative um I just make some type of impact that somebody can remember you in a positive way and that you, when you're on your deathbed that you can say, I live this life for me and I'm happy with it instead of dying with regrets. Well, dang, is that how we closing it out? Because those are some dope words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I had like, I'm like one more question, but... Uh, yeah, y'all rewind it. We're going to end it and then rewind it. <laughs> like that's the end. No, but um, okay, so... You have, like you said, between you and your fiance, seven mm-hmm. streams of income. Mm-hmm. All of those are okay. Besides the job, mm-hmm. the other incomes is that something that you actually like looked forward to doing, or was it something that came along? And it's like, oh, I can make money from this. Okay, and I ask this because now that I'm surrounding myself with certain people or whatever, I have opportunities to make, uh, you know, bring in another stream of income, but maybe it's not something that I would typically go for. So Mm -hmm. I halt myself because it's like, I don't want to jump into it knowing that I'm not going to be passionate about it or push for it so much, you know, like I want to bring in the results. So 
So most of our income streams are passive. So um, obviously our full-time jobs, that's two. Um, that's obviously not passive because we're spending a lot <laughs> of our time, 40 hours a week um, doing that. Um, and that's why most of them pass. So the mobile homes, those are passive. Mm. Um, we also have both each separately have money in the stock market. That's mm. passive. Um, and we, I did a personal loan to somebody. I loaned somebody a certain amount of money, and they pay back over time with interest, mm. uh, with a good interest rate. And that's passive as well. So basically, it was all conscious of me saying, how hey, do I make money with it? tapped in. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So in my in my specific situation, it was all conscious decisions of how to make passive income because, like Amber, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad early, and he put a, a Robert Kiyosaki put such an emphasis on passive income. And I'm like, well, let me get some of this passive income then. Yeah. So um, basically, it's money that you making um, day in and day out without having to do anything. No, no money is completely passive mm -hmm. because you have to do work at the beginning with, you know, when you remember when we were working on the mobile home, we put in a lot of time, yeah. um, to get to that point. Yes. So everything, yes, for me was a conscious decision, but as far as you were, you're saying opportunities, they, you always have to keep your eye open for opportunities. Cause like the, like I said, I learned about mobile homes one day. That was something that I could have heard and been like, I'm not passionate about mobile homes. Let me, yeah, yeah. I could have, I could have passed on that. Mm -hmm. Um, learning about, um, shoot, what else? Oh, a loan. So I, I, I gave a loan to this business and every month I get a certain amount of money back for a certain term and with interest on it so basically i'm making money on my money exactly um so that was also an opportunity where this business was like hey we're doing well um they knew that i was looking for ways to invest and make money so mm -hmm. it was just something that happened i could have been like no i'm not gonna do that <laughs> so i mean all of these were opportunities that yeah. you know could have not happened so in your situation, you just have to weigh the risk because you can't just be loaning money to anybody yeah um and investing in any business I guess it's it's the stuff where I know I would have to solicit or sell or like go out to people, and that's just kind of so never multi been mar like, multi level marketing. I guess type so. Of thing. Yeah. So for those, I would say there's a lot of them. I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, there's so many multi level marketing uh, companies out there, and they are legit. They're not a scam at all. They're mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. You just have to. I think you really do just have to be passionate about that kind of stuff because it is that it's not passive at all. That's going to take a lot of your time mm. and energy. So if you love to do whatever this company is marketing, then yeah, do it. I was just thinking the other day how um Mary Kay that is probably the most successful multi-level <laughs> marketing company ever and i was just so amazed because there's so many out there that don't do that well i was like how did they get this company to that scale let the record be shown i believe madam cj walker came up with that uh mm. that um for the beauty products having agents all over so yeah do some research on that we have we have a sister that that was successful that's how she made her million she didn't make it on her own mm. she created her own multi-level marketing system selling her products and she had agents to recruit agents, to recruit agents, wow. to recruit agents. Yeah. That's how Madam C.J. Walker became the first uh, African-American female millionaire. So, wow. Ooh, But, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about you and if you feel like you can put in the work to get the return, I okay. would say. Yeah, I, I definitely got to start 
I guess opening myself up to more opportunities or else I'm still going to be like, okay, how can I bring in more money? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, take those calculated risks. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, I love this. Mm-hmm. I love this. Um, you know, you're just, I don't know, one of my favorite, most favorite people in the world. Aww. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when you talk about my feet in the sixth grade, that's oh. a bad start. I'm just saying. So that's what we gonna do. <laughs> that's what we gonna do. No, you guys, Bring no, really back. though. Um, this girl right here, I always um have admired her just for her being so dope and so intellectual and always on it about her business this is uh, also jamie's godmother um little baby. yeah <laughs> little baby even though you want her feet by your pillow uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so thank you thank you this was an uh, well, impromptu also but nothing happens by mistake mm-hmm. you said this was a uh, financial literacy yeah so april is month? yeah april is financial literacy month uh and i think that's a good way your last April segment to be the the kickoff of financial literacy month to have some absolutely some empowerment education in here. So absolutely, I hope that y'all were able to take something from what Jasmine said, from what Amber spoke on, and also me. I was just here. <laughs> <laughs> I was just here because I'm just still trying to find a way. I'm gonna listen back to this a few times, write down those books that y'all brought up. And um, jazz for real. Um, you know whatever speaking engagements or you know if you're going to speak with whoever about financial literacy, like please, uh, you know just send some to the group chat. Okay, <laughs> I will. I'll put it on my calendar. Um, I'm excited. I just want to. I'm excited about next weekend. Yes, ah, y'all. My my friend is getting married soon and so this is a great time in her life and for me to watch it's just like yo we really growing up. like we grown. Man, we gonna on my party we gonna have some dope po- i don't know if y'all heard though about this chick her name is b-tap speaks oh, who <laughs> i don't know man but i heard she dope she gonna be speaking at my party mm. she gonna uplift uh uplift the people there yeah so yeah i really up. appreciate you doing that for us i'm too. excited thank you thank you Thank you guys for tapping in on this financial literacy episode. We're about to get back into some big roundtable discussions on some stuff that I'm not going to speak on yet. So y'all stay tapped in for future episodes on Consciously Tapped In with BTAP.